Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Wrestlers with Experience with your boy Dietrich Davis. Ah, here we are in the midst of this COVID-19, aka coronavirus thing. I hope that you and your families are sitting home and staying safe as myself and myself, Dietrich Davis, and Mark Knight Morell is doing without question. Um, we're gonna talk about why this episode, um, but before I get into it, I'm gonna give you a little bit of a song. Um, I usually play some music every so often on the other podcast. So I'm gonna start making sure that there's an intro on every on every show. I'm gonna I'm gonna find a fixed song, but I'm looking for that sound. And Mark is a, a phenomenal music man, so which is the co-host of Wrestlers of With Experience, who will be developing other shows for us on this podcast, well other episodes for us on this podcast. Um so hopefully he'll get around to making that intro song for us. Anyhow, with that being said, um let me play the song for you, but the topic of today's night, I'm going to play one minute of this song, but the topic 100% is why this wrestling with no audience is very, very, very fucking important for this particular point in wrestling for the business to grow. And a lot of people may not be looking at it from this perspective, but for me, this was very important and this was a necessary evil. And this might be a format that they might need to continue with content with with let's not say content with other wrestlers that they're looking to develop anyhow the song for you guys is hip-hop is dead um with Nas featuring will i am i'll be back in about 30 seconds to a minute enjoy the song i'll be back to do business with you and talk shop Anyhow, I'm back. That was Hip Hop is Dead featuring not, uh, with Nas featuring Will I Am. Uh, let's get into it. You know, I was giving this some hard thought, and I know a lot of people may disagree with me. A lot of people may say, Dietrich, you're dead wrong, you're crazy. But I want you guys to hear me out in this particular episode. I want you guys to understand my perspective and where I'm coming from. And I'm not just going to look at this from a content perspective perspective, or perspective where we are saying that Vince McMahon is being greedy. It can be said that he's being greedy. It can be said to be in this. But also, there's a, there's a very famous term. And I've said this on the other episode, and we've heard this. The show must go on. And a lot of people don't understand business structure. A lot of people don't understand this business. A lot of people have, oh, I think I know we got people who are, who have great minds and great understandings of what's happening. But when you're in charge of a multi-billion dollar corporation and you have 
people who are stockholders, shareholders, insurance companies, and so on and so on and so on and so on to answer to once you have become a publicly traded company. The game of decision making that you have to make to produce the product that you have people purchased. All right. Gotta remember, we're not the fan. Well, the fan who spent $28 to $500 to $2,000 on a ticket to Monday Night Raw, SmackDown, pay per view, and WrestleMania is totally different than the person who has put up tens of millions of dollars in shareholdings because Vince McMahon pitched them the company at a, a at a different scale or leadership which means Vince McMahon answers to them first and us second though the fans ultimately get everything they desire because there is no risk for the fan there is no risk for the person who bought the ticket. There is no ri risk for the person who buys the t-shirt. There is a risk for the t-shirt companies that have stockholding shares. There is a risk for the guy who put up 50 million to $100 million, which helped led to Vince McMahon's billion dollar empire. All of that can come to an end crashing down if business stops. And to ensure that your people keep investing into your major publicly traded company, you must take measures to another level. Now, AEW has been recording in empty buildings, and I like it. I like the fact that WWE has been recording in empty buildings. When I start, first started wrestling many, many years ago in the, er, in, the, in the late 90s into the thousands, we didn't wrestle in front of a studio audience unless it was once a month, we wrestled just in front of us, the wrestlers, and we put on shows. And a lot of that still happens to this day in the middle of this wrestling market. And that's something to process, comprehend, and think about and look at. Now, let me get into the reason why I like what's happening right now. Let's put all the money on the side and understanding the financial setup of the business because a lot of people are speculatory, but unless you've done business with that company like I have, unless you um, has owned your own promotion, then you would understand this. But if you're a wrestler and you're talented, you understand that sometimes you got to wrestle in front of one person or two people before you can get to the 100 or 100,000 people. This particular point, this, so to get so. I've stated my small presentation of this case. Now let's get down to the factors. This wrestling in an empty building will expose a lot of talent in the WWE and AEW for exactly what they are. The AEW guys are handling wrestling in front of an empty, excuse me, are handling wrestling in an empty building better than WWE talent because those guys come from the indie circuit where they know that some days they may wrestle in front of 500 people and then they may be wrestling in front of five people. So the AEW audience, the AEW fan base is a little bit more psychotic and drawn in to they're going to watch anything AEW puts on the screen. And that's not uh, shitting on the AEW fans. That's recognizing that their fan base is loyal at another level. WWE also has an extremely loyal fan base. And with that being said, there are some wrestlers that they don't need the crowd. And there are some wrestlers that are being exposed. 
and we're we're learning that the matches that we find boring, the promos that we found boring, we found them boring in front of an audience because the audience didn't boo, they didn't cheer. We base a lot of our reactions of the promo based off of how the crowd responds to the promo. And that's something we have to sit back and process and comprehend and think about. Are we being influenced? It's like laughter. Are you influenced to laugh because someone else laughed? Are you influenced to boo because someone else booed? Are you influenced to chair because someone else cheered? So now when you look at it from that format, now you have wrestlers who are cutting promos in that ring and they have no crowd reaction and they don't know how to do it. First couple of nights, they had to play towards the camera. They all had to learn how to play towards the camera because back in the day, you play towards the crowd. So now we're learning what wrestlers really can entertain you without a crowd. Can they cut a promo? We learned Bailey and Sasha don't do good without a crowd. We learned that Edge can do this for the next 52 weeks without a crowd. We learned Randy can do this for the next 52 weeks without a crowd. We watched Cena is capable of doing this for the next 52 weeks without a crowd. We know Bray is light years above everybody on that microphone, so he's definitely can do this in front of a camera without a crowd. Taker can do it without a crowd. AJ Styles, eh. Liv Morgan in them, eh. Sonya Deville in them, eh. Dolph Ziggler in them, eh. A lot of people, we, 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 so we're learning, this is ultimate promo school. This is, this is when you learn who can work and who can't work. And when it came to mic skills, we learned that only 10 people should be putting up that microphone. So if I'm on the writing team, I know who I'm building storylines around as we're getting this, as we're going, this is no longer an experiment. This is how they're making it work. And if the next couple of Monday Night Roars is going to be pre-recorded, excuse me, you guys, I don't know why I'm yawning so much. It's going to be pre-recorded and preset for at least the next five to six weeks of television, which is being said or talked about. Or maybe the next, yeah, I think maybe five weeks. I think it's like a month and a half of filmings they're going to do through Saturday into Tuesday. So when you sit back and look at it, we're going to get an opportunity to learn what people on the roster belongs in the WWE. We're going to get a long, we're going to get a large understanding of who should be, have storylines written for them. We're going to discover new stars. The only person I'm going to exclude from this whole thing is Braun Strowman and what's this young man's name? Drew McIntyre. Those two are very talented individuals and they got so much more to offer the business. And as the heavyweight world champions, of the as the as the WWE Universal Champion and the WWE World Heavyweight Champion, they are in the most unique position. And a lot is going to be asked for them that they cannot do without a crowd. And I, and Drew is you wish he was able to win that championship in front of a crowd, but he wasn't capable of doing it. But the support for Drew McIntyre is through the roof. The support for um, Braun Strowman is through the roof. Those men, Braun Strowman, you know, he was capable of holding us down without a crowd. Now, when you move over to the wrestling aspect, a lot of wrestlers didn't know how to react to wrestling without a crowd. They were playing to something they didn't know. They had to learn a new format of wrestling that maybe only the 80s and early 90s and mid 90s wrestlers understood. 
wrestling in front of no one for no money, costing you more money to get to the town than you did with you that then you did making off the physical fucking show. Hold on for a bit a minute. Pardon me as I take a drink. So when you sit back and you process that and you comprehend that, now we're seeing who can't go in the ring. You should be, this should be, your skills should be so horned and horned in, honed in on and your skills should be so in detail at the WWE and AEW levels. No disrespect. But if you're on the main roster of New Japan, the main roster of AEW, the main the, 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 the rosters of AEW, NXT, SmackDown, Raw, and you're in the in NWA, and especially if you're in Ring of Honor, if you're in those feds and WWE NXT UK, if you're in those categories, you should be able to wrestle in front of no one in full gear with your entrance music in an empty building and you should be able to go Broadway, which is one hour. And you should be able to fucking perform to an elite scale that we have not seen before. Fuck. Fuck the fact that there is no fucking crowd in that audience. You should be able to perform in front of church mice and give them and let them give you a standing ovation. Now, I get it. A lot of wrestling is feeling out the crowd and understanding. But we learned that a lot of wrestlers who are getting in front of these cameras with no crowd have not honed in on their skills. A lot of wrestlers who are getting in front of these audience and getting in front of these cameras with just H in the background and a few camera people and a few production people don't know how to conduct the match and don't know how to trust their own body and skill sets to perform at the most maximum of levels. You are in the WWE. You are in AEW. You are in the NWA. You are in ROH. You are in New Japan. Fuck that there's nobody in the building. You got millions of people watching at home who is counting on you to produce more and more and more. Everybody is on guaranteed contracts. It's not like it was back in the day. $150, day, $150 a night and he only guarantees you 15 fucking days. Imagine how many of you would have survived back in that day that are on these big roster companies. And, and I may not be the biggest podcast in the world. Me and Mark may not have the biggest wrestling podcast, but a lot of motherfuckers who are in this business do listen to this particular fucking podcast. And I got a lot of friends who work in the offices of WWE. I don't know no one who work in AEW, but in that Connecticut building, I got a lot of fucking associates. A lot of hush-hush. I can come in here and dirt sheet the whole fucking thing. I don't. Me and Mark made a firm agreement not to stop doing shit like that because I think that is the worst thing to do in the world. The goal is to uplift the business, not to strip it apart and pull people away from it because we're telling you what people are telling us. Unless it's pertinent information that needs to be told. But we're learning that a lot of wrestlers are not capable I learned when you watch WrestleMania, 
the women, all five women that was in that WrestleMania match for the Women's SmackDown Championship, they were capable of going without a crowd. I love seeing that. I thought that was phenomenal. Tamia seemed like when they was on SmackDown, Tamina Snooker seemed like she did better without a crowd just instead of following the crowd's reaction, she did better following her own instincts. To me, Tamina slightly got elevated without a crowd. That's a great thing. So, but you know who didn't look big? No, I'm not going to say Sasha Banks. You know who didn't look good without a crowd? Who didn't know how to fill it out? And I'm so disappointed in her. Naomi. Naomi looked a little lost in translation. You know, I get that you need to feel the energy of the WWE universe. But what happened to the years of your years of training should have had you prepared for this moment? Everybody in that company. Edge and Randy, they can do it without a crowd. No questions asked. I love it. They were capable. Though people did not agree with them. Though people did not agree with certain spots in the match and the longevity in the match, I, I agree the match shouldn't have been 40 minutes of bullshit like that. But Randy and Edge can do it. You know who else showed they can do it? What was the first match of, of the uh, second WrestleMania night? What you call it? Charlotte Flair and Rhea Ripley. They can wrestle with no crowd. I love it. We learned that Bianca Belair can wrestle with no crowd. We know that the Street Profits can do it with no crowd. Alistair Black needs the audience. Apollo Crews needs the audience, unfortunately. Bobby Lashley, I don't think he even should be in the company anymore. I think Bobby Lashley should go to AEW and be their big man and become their champion and be allowed to be free. I think WWE has never been a great match for Bobby Lashley, especially when he lost to John Cena all those years ago at the Great American Bash. You know, they missed the opportunity to give us a SummerSlam match of Brock versus Bobby. Maybe we can still get that. But Bobby needs a crowd. Let me go over to the WWE roster. You know what I'm saying? And I'm not trying to shit on... I'm, yeah, I'm shitting on people. Let's just keep it real. You know, but when you go to the roster, you watch the promo, and WWE can build all of the packages that they want around these guys. It's not an issue. You can build all the packages, you know, but Braun doesn't need, and I'm going to go through the roster, and people can disagree with me or disagree with me, but I'm going to use the roster that they have, not any talents and developmental. Braun and Drew, don't need a crowd. Becky, I think needs a crowd. Bailey, I don't think needs a crowd. Sami Zayn, I think he's phoning it in. Andrade, I don't know what to do with him. Street Profits don't need a crowd. Miz and Morrison do not need a crowd. Miz more more than anyone does not need a crowd simply because he comes from the reality TV world. And Morrison, he showed his ass on WrestleMania night in that tag match. And the Usos, Miz, Morrison, and Kofi and them do not need crowds. That's just a factor. Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross, I believe Nikki Cross can do it without a crowd, but Alexa Bliss became exposed. Charlotte Flair, we already know. 
I want to see how Keith Lee does without a crowd. Keith Lee is from is was big on the indie scenes, so I wouldn't be shocked if he can give us some of the best performances without audience. And that's just looking at the champions. And then when you look at the non-title holders, AJ Styles, we have yet to see him. Maybe I'm wrong. Wrestle without a crowd. I would hope that he's capable of doing it. Brock can wrestle without a crowd, though he did not like wrestling with it. Um, Who else can go without a crowd that we've seen? Asuka can definitely do it without a crowd. Daniel Bryan can do it without a crowd. Big Show, I don't even know why he's still there. He's great. Um... Let's see who else we got here on this roster. It looked like the roster reduced. And we know we're about to come up to a lot of firings. You know, so who knows what's going to happen. But, you know, in reality, there's a lot of people that we need to see completely change. And we need to see them completely build up in a different format and in a different way. And I hope that this is the time that these wrestlers are learning from each other and learning from their experience and learning from um and learning how to work the cameras so when they come back their their skills should be honed honed, honed in i'm saying that word all wrong but their skills should be honed in on a different scale I'm very disappointed in a lot of the WWE wrestlers who cannot handle the capability of being in front of a crowd. I'm completely disappointed. I expected so much more from them. I expected so much more from their skills and ability. And if it sounds like I'm rambling, I am rambling. But I wanted to state the point that this is a great thing for the business. We're learning who can and can't go. And that's something that it doesn't take a lot to find out. But if I was in charge of letting people go, there'd be a lot of people on my list. And this is the (laughs) major reasons why I think this should be I think they should hold off on firings until after the coronavirus situation. And I think they should put every fucking wrestler to the test who can handle not. And they should tell them, hey, this will determine your job. Now is the time to not write promos for anyone. Now is the time to say, show us what the fuck you got or get the fuck out of our company. Who cares? Don't harbor them. Don't sign them to keep them from going elsewhere. Let them go. There's thousands of talents that want to still be in WWE around the world and in the United States. Find out who right now is the time to find out who can cut promos, who can get down, who can do what they do. And then also they should be taking certain talents. They should do a different Firefly style match every week. They should have the Undertaker every for the next five weeks. Give us a bunch of Boneyard style matches or Boiler Room style matches that even though the Undertaker's retired. And I understand that allegedly they said he retired and Vince broke down into tears and this, that and the other. But this is the time to build the roster to a scale that we have not seen before and possibly even comprehended before. This empty arena thing is a blessing in the sky to the roster. And somebody has to step up and take advantage of these empty arenas. Somebody should say, I'm not reading a script. I'm cutting promos every week. Paul Heyman 
Let me give you an example. When ECW was around between 96 and 1999, Taz was built as the most dangerous person in the company. Okay. This motherfucker Taz will go out and cut promos with a towel over his head and the crammer rocking, talking shit, and then we end it with survive if I let you. Those promos wasn't cut in front of a studio audience. They wasn't cut in the background where the crowd is watching from the from the watching the Titan Tron and seeing them cut the promo and they're feeling the crowd out. Those shits was cut at three o'clock in the morning in Paul Heyman's house in Long Island or in the building before everything got there. And they will cut some of the meanest Taz promos. And Taz's promos made you believe that this little motherfucker was the most dangerous on the fucking planet. You don't believe me? Think about those promos and then go watch Triple H versus Triple H WWE champion versus Taz ECW champion when they balled Taz for one night to carry the belt. Those promos made you fucking believe that Taz was ruthless. You wouldn't know that he was as humble as you wouldn't believe that he was as humble as a butterfly. Taz was one of those motherfuckers who made you believe this is one dangerous fucking spick. That this little tan, orange, and orange and black wearing motherfucker was going to hurt you. And then his promos were so good that when he got in front of that studio audience, those promos carried over for the week. Now, this is the time for every wrestler in the WWE roster and the AEW rosters and the rosters around the world that have television deals that as you're honing in on your fucking skills, when you get back in that front of that studio audience, if you know how to capture them without the crowd being there, by the time those fans are back in the building, there's going to be four or five standing fucking ovations. There's going to be a different world of professional wrestling. One person has um, asked to emerge as great. It's not going to be Drew McIntyre. When this coronavirus situation ends, there needs to be a fucking talent that knows what they're doing. Someone has to seize these moments. Now, if you can hear me, because I know a few of you listen to the podcast, go into Vince's office and say, give me five minutes on the mic in that empty arena. Let me cut a five minute promo backstage. Let's build some packages for me. Because if I was in WWE right now, I'll be asking Vince for the mic. Give me five minutes every every Monday night. Give me five minutes every SmackDown. Let's build video packages around me. Give me five wrestlers to work with that I can start three or four storylines with at the same time during this period. So when we get them in front of the studio audience, we can tell which one should lead us where. You give me this period in time as a professional wrestler, Dietrich Davis himself, and I come out a main event in WrestleMania 37. A lot of them forgot the blueprint that they came from. A lot of them forgot that they was wrestling in two to three people. What we got is a bunch of guaranteed contract and spoiled brats around all of these companies around the fucking world. Straight up and down. And it's time for that aspect of the business to be reformatted because people know they can sit at home and phone that shit in. And that's not fair to the talent 
who deserves to be there. And a lot of people are being held back. You don't got Brock in your way. You don't got a, you don't got a lot of things in your way. So now you have to ask yourself, who is capable and who isn't capable? And this could be said, oh, Dietrich, you're being bitter, you're being mean, you're being disgruntled. This is not the period to be thinking like that. This is the exact period to be thinking like that. I believe four or five new main event players can come out in this scenario. Now, I'm not going to rant too much longer about it. That's just what I feel is the truth. I want you people to watch the show now and see who can perform and who can't perform without that crowd. Because if they can't do it with people in the building, they'll never be able to do it with people in the building. And let's pay attention to who's cutting promos. Because when we learn who's capable and who isn't capable, we might be able to change the business. And right now, it's time, and since there's no kids in the audience, it's time to take certain talent and say, these are our, these are our talent that we will push language and violence levels with. And these are our talent that we'll keep at PG-13. There should be levels to each, to tiers of wrestlers. There should be a certain tier of wrestlers that they're using right now as R-rated, tiers of wrestlers that they're using as PG-13, and then you just you have tiers of wrestlers that's considered G-rated. And maybe you should have a show called WWE Kids, where just the kids can watch gimmick-style wrestlers that entertain them, and they have fun. <coughs> Excuse me, there should be that. Maybe, there's, maybe that should be a product, uh, a new product launch or a new product presentation. It's something to think about. There's a lot. With that said, this is Dietrich Davis signing off with wrestlers with experience. Stay safe. Stay comfortable. And think about what I said. And you tell me, do you think the game should change? I'm leaving you with the song, Hip Hop is Dead, by Nas featuring Will I Am. I don't know. I thought it would be a good song to use in a wrestling promo. That's why. I used it. But anyhow, thank you so much. Tune into the next episode of Wrestlers of Experience with Experience. We'll hear from you the next day. I had to flip this track again, y'all. West Coast, Midwest, let's go. If hip hop should die before I wake, I put an extended clip and body them all day. Roller every station, wreck the DJ. Roller every station, wreck the DJ. If hip hop should die before I wake, I load an extended clip and body them all day. Roller every station, wreck the DJ. Roller A station, wreck the DJ. DJ, DJ, hey, Smoke, chill, party, and die in the same corner. Get cast, live fast, body they man's mama. Quick, fast, trigger fingers on the llama. Revenge in the eyes, Hennessy in the ganja. Word to the wise, with villain state of minds. Grinded, hitting Brazilian dimes from behind. Grinded, hitting Brazilian dimes from behind. Grinded, hitting Brazilian dimes from behind. Whenever, if ever, I roll up, it's sewn up. Any ghetto would tell you, nice help grow what's up. My face once graced promotional Sony trucks. 100 million in billing, I helped blow them up. Gave my man my right, I could've went left. So like my girl Foxy, the kid went dead. So people, who's the top 10? Is it MC Shan? Is it MC Ren? If hip-hop should die before I wake, I put an extended clip and body them all day. Roller every station, wreck the DJ. Roller every station, wreck the DJ. If hip-hop should die before I wake, I load an extended clip and body them all day. Roller every station, wreck the DJ. Roller A station, wreck the DJ. DJ, DJ, yeah. I just died this morning and she's dead.
bigger the cap, the bigger the pill, and come through something ill.